Hi, and welcome to Drafting Compliance. I'm Kane, he's Tom, and last week we talked about configuration management. Today, we're going to be talking about the state of our FedRAMP journey. But before then, we're going to be talking about beers. Tom, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Voodoo Rangers Juice Force IPA. So it, those who are familiar with New Belgium Brewery out of Fort Collins, Colorado, um, probably somebody who's drank Fat Tire, um, Voodoo Ranger is their IPA iteration, and they've they've turned it into quite a series of brands. So this is Juice Force, which I have never had. So it's an, a hazy Imperial IPA. So we're in for something that may be somewhat uh, juicy, like uh, literally like a shandy uh, oh, mixed okay. with mixed with a IPA hoppy uh, beer. So I'm, I'm looking forward to something like this because I've never had it. So I'm going to crack it. You know, Tom, I, I can't help but notice your beer can is smaller than mine. How am I supposed to fit this whole thing in the glass? You, you don't have to. You can just pour okay. a, a nice all glass right. of beer. And if all it's right. like most of nice our beer tastings, beer. you're not going to drink it all anyway. So now that's that's a fair point. That is a fair point. The last time I had a shandy was in the in, in Reading at the Purple Turtle in. Oh, OK. Whoo, that's got a nose on it. Um, interrupt me <laughs> mid sentence at the Purple Turtle in Reading in the UK. And uh, somebody bought me a shandy, somebody who I was working with. And it was tremendously disappointing. Oh, anyway, I thought you might. This like has got shandies. a nose. Yes, this um, does have a nose. It pours beautifully. I mean, the 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 top on this is awesome. Oh, we've got sirens in the background. What? You've got sirens? I'm not hearing them. Good. So this they has. They come in to get you now. Yeah, this has wonderful <laughs> color in my mind. I mean, this this doesn't look like a, a what I would say a, an imperial IPA normally looks like. It's a lot lighter in color, almost as a honey. And then, uh, oh, it smells like straight up pineapples to me. I'm getting kind of a, a nose of cat litter. <laughs> I have no idea where you get these things. I get um, the pineapple. To me, I'm it's getting cat litter. Very fruity. Hmm. Okay, maybe a little citrusy. Maybe now. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's the. I, I think it's the. The foam goes down. The flavor profile, or the the nose profile, it opens changes. up a little. Yeah, I'm getting I'm less gonna, cat litter now. Thank goodness. Oh, that's that's a yeah. I'm I'm worried you're just smelling something in your own house. Maybe I don't know. But all right, let's <laughs> nope. let's give this a try. <laughs> right. Tastes like fruit juice. Oh. It's got some bitters oh. to it, but it's it's very fruity. Oh my goodness, that's sweet. It's sweet and it's citrusy. It's like bad. Have you had orange juice that's like been left too long in your fridge? I have. This has kind of got that vibe to it, right? Like, well, that that is because it's starting off. to ferment. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think it's bad. It's not something that um yeah I would classify as tasting like beer though. It's extraordinarily fruity to me. It's it's yeah. It's more I, juice I won't than say beer. this tastes like beer. I will not say that this tastes of beer. This tastes of uh, fruit juice gone wrong. Um, this is the uh, yeah. It's an experience. I'm so, gonna I'm gonna leave it there and, and think about it, Tom. I will I will uh, just warn folks. This is nine and a half percent alcohol, so it is an imperial and he's IPA. He's gonna finish this thing during the entire call, <laughs> and um, it'll be 
it'll be fire. I'm going to try and finish another sip. All right. <laughs> well, so Tom, moving past beer, let's talk FedRAMP moderate. Um, let's do it. How are we doing on our, our roadmap towards FedRAMP moderate? Yeah, I, I would say there's probably two important data points. One, we are making progress by family as expected. So we are on track from a family perspective of families of controls, that is. But as we go through that, we have found, you know, challenges and obstacles that I think anybody who's going through FedRAMP would um, say you're going to find, right? I mean, it's just part of the process. There has been a couple really difficult ones and, you know, they definitely impact um, what our original plan in terms of what we thought we were going to have to get done. And we are assessing how it's going to impact our overall timeline, right? As of right now, it's not impacting our timeline. And we still believe we can get everything accomplished in the timeline we have set. But we have to be realists, right? When vendors, I can talk about them, right? It's Auth0, yeah. um, which is one of the vendors. And then uh, Atlassian's Jira product um, is another one. Both of those products had committed to being uh, FedRAMP moderate themselves. Mm -hmm. And then for reasons that are out of our controller knowledge that they dropped those plans. Both indicate that they're going to get there eventually, but they're not communicating timelines. Okay, so, and the reason that's important, they're they're in our supply chain, right? Very much in our supply chain. So Jira, that's a ITSM product. So it's a ticketing system, and you know you can run things like inventory management through it. And it, Jira is very popular uh, in lots of companies. It's, it's popular because of the suite of integrations that it provides. So it's it's very, very central to a lot of workflow management and companies. And yeah, I, I guess a lot of people on, on this call probably or broadcast know what Jira does. But uh, you also mentioned Auth0. Um, can you tell our audience a little bit about what Auth0 does? Sure. Auth0 handles our authentication. So it does, you know, a number of things and it does it all pretty well. It can do multi-factor. It can do commercial um, access to products for SaaS companies, which is what we do. It can also integrate to a number of different platforms and provide authentication to all of those. Um, it can do tokens and it can do password lists. I mean, it, it does a lot of capabilities. Um, a good way to think of it is it's an authentication broker uh, hmm. for our for our product. And we really like it. it, it the product works really great. It was bought by Okta. And Okta had committed to a FedRAMP timeline for it and then pulled it as well. So okay. we have to figure out a new solution, at least for our FedRAMP instance, for authentication. Yeah, it, it might not be clear to everyone. So can you talk a little bit about why it matters that um, Auth0 and Jira aren't going to be FedRAMP moderate in 2023? Sure. So a couple good rules of thumb. If it impacts the security of the information system, it falls inside the boundary. So we talked about the authorization boundary in an earlier episode. So authentication clearly impacts the security. It is how we get access in. And it plays the, if not the most central role, it plays a very central role in access control. And because of that, it's clearly a boundary. Jira falls in boundary for a different reason. The federal government has rules for CUI, and it defines CUI as things that people, I think, would not expect to be defined. So, for instance, controlled unclassified information, just or or CUI, as some people would call it, but that's your CUI. Yep. 
So for instance, it defines metadata pretty broadly. It would be any information that is ticket information, incident information, or security information that pertains to the customer or the platform that is FedRAMP um, uh, within the FedRAMP authorization boundary. So of course, just like anybody else, we have lots of integrations with Jira and it impacts all of those work streams. So that puts Jira firmly in the boundary because Jira so is a it's SaaS because platform. they're both in the boundary then is why okay. we're being affected by this. Um, and there's probably other technologies. I think on an earlier in the, our gap analysis, we talked about evaluating which vendors were in boundary, right? Correct. And that's what we did, right? So way back in November, um, when I was doing the gap analysis, I was digging through vendor by vendor, talking with all the vendors and getting an understanding of where they sat on their own FedRAMP uh, journey, if they are on a FedRAMP journey, and, and basically penciling in work that I thought would have to be accomplished, depending on the answers I was getting. I had firmly put both of these pieces outside of our our work stream because we felt they were both be um, ATO'd themselves. So mm -hmm. being, being that they're not authorized to operate nor have a plan to get there in 2023, we now have to contend with it. So you raise an interesting point there because I, I know at least Jira is fairly popular as a technology. I, I, in Auth0, I, I can't comment, but knowing how central they are in other vendors' ecosystems, are you saying that also other vendors are going to be affected by these supply chain issues? Absolutely. I've, I've done uh, a considerable amount of work of talking with industry professionals, um, a couple 3PAOs, other organizations that are contending with it. And really the feedback that I'm getting is this is impacting hundreds of JIRA customers. And of those hundreds of JIRA customers, uh, those, those are largely folks that are being um, per, are pursuing, I should say, FedRAMP. So they're on their own journey and it impacts them. So we have to come up with creative solutions that meet FedRAMP certification and, and allows for the controls to be put around that system. Largely, that means we're going to pull uh, JIRA in, inside is probably the, the solution inside our own boundary and not get it um, as a SaaS service. Okay, and, and so you, you talked a little bit about Jira there. What about Auth0? What alternatives do we have for Auth0? And and realistically, given that's authentication, um, how viable would that be given our current use of it? Yeah, so we have a couple decision points that we can reflect upon. One is, do we want to change out our authentication mechanism for both our platforms at the same time? Or do we want to have a different authentication mechanism for our FedRAMP platform. So that's one option we can have. Um, certainly the latter is faster in terms of implementation. And then we have to look at who are those platforms that are FedRAMP certified that provide the same set of services that we require as Auth0. And they're out there. There are other solutions that do that. Another one is owned by Okta, as a matter of fact. So um, Funny that. Okta, Okta just points at their other product and says, we'll just use this one instead. Of course, they don't do that for free. Oh, so no, of, of course not. But those ones would be vendors would be listed on the uh, FedRAMP marketplace, right, Tom? That's correct. And that's, you know, the interesting thing about um, FedRAMP marketplace is it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a listing for, hey, we're on the road to get there. It, it has one for ready and mm -hmm. it has a, a uh, authorized status, right? But it doesn't have a, hey, we are, you know, working at breakneck pace to get there, right? 
and had had there been some place easily consumable that had that information soon as Okta pulled the auth zero plug and soon as Jira um, or at lazy and pulled the Jira plug, we would have known sooner. It actually required some due diligence on the, on the, on my part to, to get that information from the source. Um, you know, it wasn't widely distributed. I've got it. Okay. And, and so then just thinking back to our gap analysis, um, would it be fair to say that our viewers should be incorporating this into their into their gap analysis, like we talked about in episode three? Yeah, for sure. When you look at at your own gap analysis, you have to make sure that everything that you think is going to be in boundary is assessed for FedRAMP efficacy. Um, if if it if it itself is at FedRAMP, can you make it FedRAMP and bring it in boundary? I mean, these are all decisions that you have to go through. That makes that authorization boundary diagram so critical it truly is the cornerstone to your program right all right um i think we've we've, we've thoroughly covered this and uh, i imagine our next episode we're going to be talking about possibly going back to a control family um, but for right now uh do you want to talk about these beers i think we should i am dying to hear what kane thinks of this highly fruity not quite beer beer <laughs> just the nose on this thing it, it, it smells like cheap fruit juice that's gone off. Um, I'm going to try one more sip. Okay, it's not as offensive as when I first poured it. Um, I'm going to go with a three uh, in that, you know, if you've ever had spoiled orange juice, this is probably a great beer for you. That's a three out of ten, not a three out of five. I'm not a monster. Yes. What about you, Tom? Well, it's interesting. This is a style of beer that I tend to stay away from in general. So I don't, I don't love shandies, and this to me tastes a lot like a shandy. It's extremely fruity, so you get more fruit juice than you do beer. So I'm going to rate it low for different reasons. It's because to me this doesn't taste like a beer. Um, so I, I too am going to give it a three and say that I, I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably. Yes, we do agree. I'll probably never buy this and stock it in my refrigerator. But as a saving grace, I'm going to tell you that Voodoo Ranger, the IPA that isn't uh, Juice Force, is a tremendous IPA. And I always have that uh, lying around. So, yeah, we agree, Kane. It's amazing. We finally found a beer that we agree that we don't like. Uh, and with that, that's all for today. So please like and subscribe for more of our conversations about FedRAMP and about beer.